worked with a, a partner in developing a strategic plan mm -hmm. um, that will guide us for the next five years. And he remarked, he works with schools across, school districts across the country, and he said he's never seen anything like what we experienced here when we'd meet with focus groups. Um, it's the, it's the same voice, right? Yeah. So our, our employees are our families and are our community members and in some cases are also our business owners and our teachers. Yes. And so it's just really fun to see that and that, that is uncommon. Hey, you're listening to the Welcome to Kameno Island podcast presented by the Kameno Chamber of Commerce. Tune in as we keep you up to date with events, the ins and outs of living on an island and hearing from different people in our community. Whether you just moved here, been an islander for many years, or are just visiting, join us as we explore the easy island together. Welcome to Kameno Island, listeners. Today I'm here with the Director of Communication and the Superintendent for the San Juan Kameno School District. Um, welcome to the podcast, Craig Degginger and Deborah Rumba. Thank you. Happy Thanks. to be here. Hey. Yeah. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Craig. Um, so I joined the Stanwood Camino School District as the Director of Communications, which is a new position for the district in October of 2021. Um, but no stranger to Camino. I, I grew up coming here. Family had second homes here. So uh, um, delighted to be here and in this community. Nice. And for you, Deborah? Well, I am the brand new superintendent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we round out the first school year, I guess maybe I'm not quite as brand new <laughs> as I was 10 months ago. Um, but I am a Washingtonian. I was born in Tacoma. And okay. I went through the Bellevue School District. And I have lived in Auburn for the last 25 years where we raised our kids. My husband and I were both educators there and moved to this area uh, when I took on the superintendent role. Nice. So it's exciting to be here. Very cool. Well, welcome back. Um, so, Craig, um, how has the island changed since the time of you being here, coming here as a kid to now? Oh, gosh. And, and, and they, they still have um, family, second, third generation at, at Tillicum Beach. Um, oh, it's changed tremendously. I remember as a kid, what a long car ride it seemed to be. By the time you finally got to Tilton <laughs> Beach, when you finally got to the Elger Bay story, you, you knew that you were kind of almost there, yes. a couple of miles away. So we've seen it grow markedly. It was mostly um, little family cabins, not really permanent homes then. Um, yep. This is going all the way back to the 60s, actually. Okay. Um, but it's always been a warm, inviting place. Um, so it's, it's a thrill to actually live here. We're living at Lost Lake now. Nice. Very cool. And uh, then prior to being here, Deborah, had you come to Camino very much? No, I had not um, at all, actually. I you know, grew up in Bellevue, and my husband, however, is from Marysville. Okay. He went to Marysville Piltrick High School. He mm -hmm. and his brothers and his family lived there. And once our kids were grown and gone, we thought it might be nice to kind of head north. Mm -hmm. And he had an interest in returning to his stomping grounds in the Marysville area, and it just was fortuitous that this position opened up, and we were looking to move north anyway, um, so it was just a perfect match. Nice. Yeah. So, um, since since moving back here and moving to this area, um, what are the things that you kind of wish you knew before moving here, whether good or bad? 
Yeah, well, uh, I wish I could have foreseen the housing market. That would have been wonderful, um, but that's certainly not a challenge for me. That's that's kind of for everybody. Um, you know, we spent a fair amount of time here in the interview process. So we spent time on the island and drove around Stanwood. And, of course, my husband, being from Marysville, kind of felt like we, we certainly had enough to kind of get started. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything that has surprised me in the sense of, gosh, I wish I had known that. Yeah. Well, you know, when I, when I say that, maybe um, I'm not used to hearing the birds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds funny, but we've just moved out to the island, and, you know, as soon as you kind of cross that bridge, the sense of peace and, um, you know, the agriculture comes out, and that's not something that you hear in downtown Auburn yes. um, are yeah. the birds. So that's been really, really fun to enjoy. Um, yeah, Craig, what about you? Yeah, um, just it's just so special at a place that we would come to um, on the weekends for a trip or to see family and stuff, but now to be um, just up the hill from our favorite place at Cavallero um, and to go down there on the, we had, what, record low tides last week. Um, that was wonderful, seeing all the bald eagles Um deer and bunnies and and uh, everything out there it's it's just wonderful I'm, i love mm-hmm. the beach that's yeah. it's that that's my thing yes yeah well that's a great place to be able to find those here so very cool so then um so you guys both probably have some interact quite a few interactions with uh either people that are new to this area or you know the the parents and stuff like that of the kids um, what are the common frequently asked questions that you guys hear from people that are just moving here? Well, maybe not an, a, a frequently asked question, but a frequent comment that I hear is everybody that I meet seems to have a connection to Stanwood or Camino. Mm. So somebody's aunt or grandparent or extended family had something either on the island or um, in Stanwood, more often Camino, and they came, just as Craig said, on the summers, um, during the summer, and they went on the beach or visited grandma and grandpa. So that's, that's been interesting to see, you know, all of those connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot, you know, are you going to live on the island? Are you going to live in Stanwood? <laughs> so there's that sort of difference there. And, um, you know, it's interesting when I think about, um, you know, if somebody were, were moving here, I would just, you know, talk through the, with them a little bit about the differences between Stanwood and Camino. So, you know, I see Stanwood as an area where there are a lot of um, young families, neighborhoods that have homes that are close together, so lots of kids playing in yeah. the streets. Um, Camino tends to be a little less um, of that, so that's a frequently asked question that I hear. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, in our roles, we get asked, you know, about the schools and, you know, what neighborhoods feed into what schools. That's um, an important thing for us to know. Um, but really, just the tight-knit community. You know, anywhere that a family's going to land in our area, they're really going to be, you know, happy with their neighborhood and those that are nearby, and certainly we hope the schools as well. Yeah. Thanks. What about you, Craig? I love talking to newcomers and people who are thinking of moving here. And and the community, whether it's in Stanwood or on Camino Island, is growing. And and for me, and I tell Deborah this a lot, I haven't worked in a district that was growing like this before. And it's really exciting um, to look forward to that. Um, and, And people, and maybe it's partly because of the pandemic and work, um, how people work has changed. Um, and we're finding people relocating from all over the place to, really? to the district, yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah. And it's fun to talk to them before, and they'll like they'll send a Facebook message or something. We're thinking of moving here this summer. What can you tell me? That kind of thing. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize because uh, Stanwood has gone through such a boom and grown so much over yep. the last you know ten twenty years. Um, but I didn't know if it had continued that growth or it had kind of like tapered off with as far as the school system and stuff. Because I felt like we were growing and then it kind of started dipping a little bit. But has it kind of like re-shot up again then? It has. It has. So there was pretty steady growth and then sort of a decline like yep. you were talking about. But we have seen continued growth. And interestingly, we just commissioned a 10-year study okay. um, to look at enrollment trends. And we are beginning an upward trend of enrollment that will level off in somewhere in 25, 26. But we are looking at pushing over 5,000 students. Oh, my word. Um, you know, here in the next three, four, five years, and then it levels off. So school districts tend to do that. They tend mm-hmm. to have sort of these waves or these peaks and valleys, and we are, we're heading into a peak. So it's exciting, and it means we need to be ready. Yeah. You know, where are kids going to go to school? What school are they going to go to? And, and just being ready for, for the growth. Wow, that's crazy. That's so many, because Stanwood is already large for when you think of Stanwood. Like, Stanwood as a city isn't that big. It's a, you know... Although, when you look at Stanwood, what it, it incorporates, it ends up being very large. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you just drive through Stanwood, you're like, oh, it's a small town. Yeah. But that's so many kids to have going through a school system. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. Um, awesome. So, before we get into the, the, the main bulk of the, the school stuff, um, what is your guys' favorite part about living on Camino? I enjoy, and I alluded to this before, just being able to hear the birds. I really enjoy um, the drive from work to the island. You just get to settle emotionally mm-hmm. and, you know, head into a place that's very green and quiet and, you know, drive into the driveway and, and have that sense of the little mini escape, yeah. right, from, you know, the hustle and bustle of big city stand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a nice way to sort of relax and, and be connected to the community. So I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, as I said before, we, we love the beach, and, and I'll even, on the way home, I'll stop at, at Cavalero or, or uh, Barnum Point or those, and we walk at Iverson. And um, so um, that's, a great, that's a great joy for us, definitely. Yeah, very cool. And especially as the weather starts to turn uh, in a positive, sunny way. <laughs> so, awesome. So, um, uh, And I don't know, either one of you, whoever uh, feels up for it, um, could you briefly explain kind of the school systems of Sandwood Camino? Because they're a little different than your normal school systems in the sense of, like, Camino is also wrapped into that, which is technically a different county, which is adds all sorts of stuff. So could you briefly explain a little bit of that? Yeah, definitely. So it is unique for a school district to span two counties. Um, and really, the, the differences there, I think, were became more evident when we were in COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Snohomish and Island County had a different approach, necessarily, but the timing could be a little bit different. Yeah. You know, we might hear something from Snohomish County Department of Health before Island, um, and then, you know, anticipating that the requirements will be the same, hoping they will be. But many districts across the state cover multiple municipalities. Okay. And so, for example, where I've come from previously, you know, one district might include five cities within, you know, a given area. And so there's always that work to sort of navigate whether you're looking at, you know, rules or requirements from the county or just the needs and interests of different communities. Yeah. And so our job 
um, is to really understand what the needs are for our schools in Stanwood versus Camino, um, understanding those differences, but then ensuring that everyone has access to the same, you know, the same resources, the same opportunities, despite the fact that interests might vary. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And in that, um, so I, I should have known, I should know more about this. I was homeschooled, so <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that I just inherently don't understand um, <laughs> as much, but... Um, do you oversee, or as superintendent, are you of the, like, all this, like, high school down? Yes. So my official title is secretary to the school board. Okay. Um, and what I do, <clears throat> excuse me, the school board sets policy for the district, and my job is to be really in charge of the day-to-day functioning of the district. Okay. And so I support principals, um, help principals support teachers, I enact the, um, the policies that the school board sets and determine procedures. And so, you know, some people say that a superintendent's like being a CEO of the school district. Okay. Um, so that's really my function. And then I, of course, have a team. Can't do it alone. And I work with my team, and we just ensure that we're delivering on what the community needs and expects mm-hmm. and the board's school board's goals as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how does that, uh, how does your role kind of play into that as well, Craig? Um, so, so I'm here to, I report directly to, to Deborah and, and support all the communications functions. So in, in my first year here, we established the first community newsletter, okay. uh, a printed newsletter to go out to everyone. Um, and we've started up, um, an Instagram account and a Twitter account. There was already a Facebook account, but we've doubled those followers in a year. Um, all those kind of traditional communication roles, working with the media and podcasts like this, mm-hmm. um, uh, and just communicating every way we can with yeah. with our with our Stanwood Camino community. Nice. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, very cool. I'm waiting for you guys' TikTok account to, to pop up. <laughs> That'll be next. <laughs> um, so, so in that then, with with working with all the different schools, both in Stanwood and Camino. Um, I guess specifically because there's comparison in, like, there's Stanwood Elementaries and there's Camano Elementaries, um, I believe. Um, uh, what are the differences you see in those schools as far as the needs of the kids, the, you know, maybe what the principals need, and, yeah. Yeah, well, the first thing I would say is that all of our students, whatever school they're in, um, I like to think of them as bright and brimming and full of promise, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at the elementary. You can see it in kids eyes Um, the biggest difference I would say would be the size of the elementaries so Elgebrae and Utsalati are significantly smaller than Stanwood Twin City Mm -hmm. and of course Cedar Home our largest school so that's the the piece that stands out immediately okay Um, and when schools get bigger in the case of Cedar Home um, actually all of our Stanwood schools you know we add portables to accommodate new students and so that's a difference we we don't really um, have that same need out on the island but regardless of kind of where a school is, my role as superintendent is to ensure that we have, you know, common vision and common practices. Because what we wouldn't want is for a school, um, you know, on the island to maybe have less resources or less opportunity because of geography yeah. um, or distance from the district office as compared to another. So I yeah. see that as really a core part of my work. Mm-hmm. And my entry point for that is really working with principals. Okay. And so I... Um, I supervise principals, but I also, you know, really work hard to provide professional development 
and support and a listening ear to what their needs are, mm-hmm. um, while really respecting the differences among our schools. Um, okay. Because we don't want to get to the point where you know we are we are so common that the uniqueness of each local community gets lost. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, kind of bring it to that next <clears throat> the next age group when you step into like high school and stuff and uh, junior high and high school. Um, how is that? How do you work with that piece with the high school really being the only spot for any, any kids on Kamena or Stanwood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in a way, it's easier um, because we all kind of feed through one comprehensive high school. Mm-hmm. So the the most important piece is ensuring that we have a wide variety of options for students, whether that those are pathways, you know, that the state has determined or just a broad set of electives for kids to choose from Mm -hmm. and um, just ensure that any student with any interest, those can be met within our schools. We do have an alternative high school. Okay. um, And it's actually, we call it Church Creek Campus. It's a 612 opportunity for students. Okay. And so for some students, the traditional big school isn't a fit yeah. um, for a number of reasons, and so we're we are happy to be able to accommodate in small numbers um, students at our alternative setting. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi there, I'm Marla Hegel, owner and broker of Windermere Real Estate, right here on Camino Island in Stanwood. Here at Windermere, we have agents you can trust. We are passionate about our community and helping others navigate the real estate process. What makes us different is our agents live here and know the Camino Island and Stanwood area. They truly understand the intricacies of our local market. Our team offers unparalleled knowledge and expertise from beach rights and road easements to wells and septics. Whether you're buying a home or selling a home, we are ready to walk alongside you. Take a look at our website, windermerestanwoodcamino.com, or stop by one of our two local offices. You can also listen to our podcast, We Are Stanwood Camino. We live here, we work here, and we're all in for you. Okay. That's just another way to ensure that whatever a student's needs are, whether they're academic or they're social-emotional, that we have a home for them yeah. within the district. And does that fit, um, does the Church Creek one, does that fit with the Lincoln because you guys have the Lincoln... It is Lincoln. Piece. Oh, it is Lincoln. Yep. Okay. Yep. The high school is Lincoln High School. The middle school is Lincoln Academy. Okay. Um, and, you know, when the community passed the bond several years ago, we rebuilt not only the high school, but Lincoln as well. So okay. So both brand new, uh, brand new buildings, beautiful, and, you know, really something, I think, for our community to take pride in. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So what do you guys see as the greatest strength of the Stanwood Camino School District? You know, for me, I think it's, when I think of our secondary schools, I think of the arts and our CTE programming. Um, it's phenomenal, the number of career and technical education options, pathways, and technologies that our students at the middle of at the high school in particular can access. And then just the tremendous pride that I hear from our teachers and our parents around music. Um, and whether that's choir or that's band, there's just a strong desire for students to have those options as well, that mm-hmm. it isn't always just about you know, technology or AP chemistry that we have an artistic outlet as well. Um, I see that as a tremendous strength. The other um, thing that stood out to me right away was the fact that our community is unique and that our employees are also our families. Yes. So typically, um, 
school districts are getting a lot, if not most, employees coming from out of the area driving in, but that's not the case here. Yeah. And so when you're talking to a staff, you're actually talking to a room of moms and dads yeah. of the very kids that we serve, and that is, that is unique, um, and it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Craig? What do you see? Um, Definitely, uh, one of the things that really attracted me here were the CT programs, and we're talking about the traditional things like welding and agricultural science and uh, mechanics and those things, but also it's digital design and robotics, um, and it's very, very special, veterinary science, um, and the pathways for our students um, in that beautiful new high school is, is spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and what you were mentioning there about uh, kind of the families and teachers and stuff li are also here in the community. I, I've heard that many times through my other podcasts and the different people I talk to, that that's what's unique about the San Juan Camino area is your policemen, your firemen, your teachers. They're also the same people you see at QFC or Heggins or the plaza. Like, you see them out in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's... it's um, I think that's just a unique feature of, you know, kids being able to see, oh, my teacher is also, the, you know, he's not like some person that disappears after I never, I never see them except right. in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we worked with a, a partner in developing a strategic plan mm -hmm. um, that will guide us for the next five years. And he remarked, he works with schools across, school districts across the country, and he said he's never seen anything like what we experienced here when we'd meet with focus groups. Um, it's the, it's the same voice, right? Yeah. So our, our employees are our families and are our community members and in some cases are also our business owners and our teachers. Yes. And so it's just really fun to see that. And that, that is uncommon. Yeah. No, it's very cool. So, um, I mean, COVID obviously, <laughs> I think we're done. Um, but obviously that shifted so much stuff um, and especially for schools with how they had to do everything completely different. Um, what do you feel that our district learned uh, during that time period? I think we learned that we can be flexible and that we can, you know, lean into doing things that we don't want to do because we have to. And yeah. that's, that's hard, you know. Um, it's hard to sometimes set aside what we wish would be the case for what is the case. And I think that was definitely um, a challenge for us. One of the things that I hear teachers and principals remark on is that we also learned how to be a lot more flexible around instruction. And although um, I don't think many families would say that the hybrid or the remote option was fantastic yeah. um, because we were really trying to figure it out in about six weeks' time to go live, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, we learned that we, that we could to some degree do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, previously, I think our minds around learning were, it's all in person, um, you go every day, you sit and do your thing, and then you go home and do your homework, and if you can't fit that model, then it's Lincoln. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that we discovered is there's lots of ways for kids to demonstrate their learning, and there's lots of ways for our, you know, fantastic teachers to provide experiences for kids that are different, and that, I think, is a big takeaway yeah. from COVID. Um, and I just look forward to seeing, you know, how can we hang on to the things that we learned to do well, mm -hmm. like teaching with technology, um, to make us better moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you feel like you got out of it, Craig? Yeah, definitely the, the teaching with technology part. Um, you know, and it wasn't ideal, and it wasn't what we were looking for, but um, um, 
we certainly have all become masters at Zoom and Google Meet, <laughs> and and we often meet that way still as a leadership team. Hopefully, we'll get back all in the same room this year. But mm. um, um, I think we learned a lot about ourselves. I mean, I think there were some silver linings in there that that moving forward. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so another question is. Uh, uh, if people want to get more involved with volunteering with the school systems and stuff like that, what is the best way to do that? The best way is to contact the school. Um, okay. So if it's a family that has kids in a school or schools, contact that school. We do have community members that don't have kids in our system, and we welcome their volunteering. So connect with the school. Um, you know, kind of ask what are the needs, and they will connect you with our volunteer forms. So we kind of process everybody through HR, even if they're a volunteer. Yep. We do background check and fingerprinting and those um, kinds of things for safety. But we are proud and happy to say that our doors are back open nice. and um about early mid-april mm -hmm. we kind of swung the doors open and said okay we're we're ready the masks are off and you know we're going to dive back in but i anticipate and i hope that when we have a more traditional start of school in september yeah. that families are going to feel that um that need that schools have to have the room mothers and you know the recess volunteers and all of those pieces that seemed so natural in 2019 that we've we've really missed okay um we could not be more excited to have those back yeah nor could the schools yes <laughs> so have a lot of those positions did they kind of dry up during even though we've kind of restarted again but like still kind of difficult to fill um well you know we don't really have a quota that we're trying to fill mm -hmm. you know we just really try to be open and roll out the red carpet so we've absolutely had a, an influx of volunteers we haven't returned to where we were prior to covid okay. so that's what we're hoping for yeah and again that coincides with fall a lot of the times mm -hmm. and so um, we're hoping that that we'll be able to do that and um, invite families back nice very cool so how does the, the 2022 to 2023 school year look coming up? Because we've, we've gone through so many evolutions. What are kind of the things you guys are looking at for this school year? Well, as far as we know, there are not going to be any additional COVID restrictions. Okay. And so the state has told us that all of those that are currently in place expire on June 30th. So that is a few days from now. Um, we will get more guidance sometime in July or August, and that will just kind of let us know any of the, the small pieces that we need to take consideration of. We might see things like there might be special rules for students that are in the nurse's office, kind of like when you go to the doctor, yep. you know, you still wear a mask. But we don't know what those are yet, but we have no indication that there will be anything like social distancing or masks or, or anything like that in the fall. So I think our big priority is just acknowledging and understanding where students have lost learning opportunities while they've been away yep. and trying to close those gaps along with you know, any natural summer learning loss that we see and to do that as quickly as possible to sort of get kids caught up um, to the best of our ability. Yeah, very cool. Craig, anything new that you're looking at for this coming school year? Um, well, I think our, we should certainly mention our strategic plan um, and a five-year strategic plan that we've been working on um, over the, the whole time that Superintendent Rumbaugh has been here, and we're just about ready to roll that out to the community, and we'll be doing that um, this fall. Um, one thing <clears throat> I've been working on this year, um, we are designing a new brand identity for the district, okay. a new logo. 
um, um, using student voice. We had a contest among students in grade 6 through 12 to design a new logo, mm -hmm. and we have a winner, a, a ninth grader, 10th grader to be at the high school, and we're working with her and, and Maddox, who I know you've yes. interviewed, uh, Adam Lejeune Cup, and um, they will be helping us to refine her winning design, and we'll be rolling that out this fall as well. That's very cool. Awesome. So, um, so this podcast is, is definitely intended for people who have like just moved here, um, but are living here. Um, what are things that you feel like the parents should know that, um, who are just getting here and they're looking at all the kind of the, because schooling options have exploded over the last mm -hmm. 10 years. And so there's so many options. Um, what do you think people sh should know that our parents move into this area? Um, I think the biggest piece that we would want families to know about us as a school district is that we are really just laser focused on preparing kids for their futures, whatever that might be. And in a system like ours that includes Stanwood High School, again, we've talked about so many different options, we have the ability to prepare students for the trades and colleges and university, you know, military missions are going right into the workforce. Mm -hmm. And being a large building with so many offerings and connecting back to the middle schools and the elementary, we can do that for any family. Yeah. Um, that includes, of course, our, our uh, programs over at Lincoln. The other piece um, that I think that we don't mention often enough is the opportunities that we have to serve students that might um, have needs for support in special education mm -hmm. or English language acquisition. So we've got robust programs to support students. We have, like all districts, a transition program. Okay. Um, so some students that we serve in special education can stay with us till 21. Okay. And we help with job placement and you know life skills and that kind of thing. So yeah. we are equipped to meet students wherever their needs and their families' needs are, mm -hmm. and you know we're very proud of that, um, and want to continue to expand all of those offerings for families. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And how does um, again I mentioned I was I was homeschooled. So how does the school board wor work, and what is the best way for parents to get information to that school board? Great question. Great question. So the school board are elected officials. Okay. And so you vote on your ballot for your, the school board member of your choice. Okay. And the school board is responsible for determining and setting board policies. And so there's a state organization that supports school boards and help them identify what are the policies that school districts should have in place. Um, so they set those policies. They also are charged with hiring the superintendent. So they, as a collective board, they're my boss. Okay. I serve as, um, you know, uh, well, my legal, my legal title is secretary to the board. Okay. <laughs> um, so I support them in the needs that they have. In terms of access to the board, the, the most immediate way are board meetings. Mm -hmm. And that's an opportunity for um, families and, quite frankly, students to come to the board meeting and speak on any topic that they would like to share anything that's on their mind or in their hearts. We also have listening sessions that the board hosts on about a quarterly basis. Okay. Those have been virtual this year. I know the board really wants to have those be in person moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then there's always email and phone. You can reach out to a board member anytime. Go to our website. You can see their bio and their, their email accounts. Um, they and myself are just really, really interested in hearing from the community what the needs are, what folks are experiencing that is going well and what's not going well. Yeah. Um, we want to address that. Um, and the board has a high interest in, in making sure that the community knows they're available. 
Yeah. And they elected them. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So, um, so this is one of those more, uh, I guess, meta questions, especially as of what's happened recently. But um, with school safety being such an important piece right now, you know, always, but just forefront of mind right now. Um, how does the San Juan Camino School District deal with security and safety and keeping kids safe? Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. So school districts typically fall into two broad categories. So there are larger districts that have a security force. Mm -hmm. So they've got their own officers. They may be armed. They may not be armed. It really just depends on the area. And then smaller districts like us where we don't have our own officers. And so in our case, we have an SRO who is a um, a police officer, and we partner under contract with the city, the police department, and the sheriff's department, and we essentially hire an SRO. Okay. And um, beyond that, we have somebody that works at the central office that helps us watch safety across the system. So, you know, what are the things going on at each building that we need to do better at? Um, where are th things that we can upgrade? Um, that type of thing. And then this coming year, we're actually going to be adding a school safety officer to okay. the high school. So not an SRO, not a commissioned officer, and not an armed individual, but an additional body. Yeah. And one of the things that um, I think it's important for us to remember is that although our SRO and our SSO work out of the high school, they're there for the entire district. Okay. So it's nice to have that flexibility. They can go where the need is. Okay. Um, when we're talking about sort of the smaller districts, because we don't have our own, you know, core of officers, if there's an emergency, you know, we call 911, the police department, the sheriff's office responds, and they take over the scene immediately. Okay. So it almost makes for a really fast transfer of okay. authority if needed, mm -hmm. because we don't sort of have that middle piece where our officers are doing one thing and communicating with PD, you know, we simply turn the scene over um, to the officers. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right, and then um, is there anything else that you guys feel like is important for the community to know about the school district or parents or, um, yeah, just kind of want to give you guys the floor on that. Yeah, I think the biggest piece um, Craig mentioned is our strategic plan. So we have spent the entire school year uh, working with the community on identifying what are the goals that mm -hmm. we have for our district and what might be a portrait of a graduate from our school system? What yeah. attributes might they have acquired? What skills have they obtained? And so we engaged a little over 2,500 individuals in that process over the school year. Okay. So we'll wow. be unveiling that in the fall. Nice. And it is a strategic plan in a way that we haven't had before. Okay. And so it's multi-layered, and um, I really look forward to the opportunity to get out in the community and talk about that plan. Yeah. And it really sets us up for the next five years of excellence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, although that sounds a little bit like a sound bite, it really is true. We have got, you know, the best teachers, really skilled principals, and, you know, the best students and families that we could have. And so we want to organize all of that around a common vision. Yeah. And, you know, set us in a place where we're going to land in, in five years from now. Yeah. And so, you know... Um, more to come on that, but we are we couldn't be more excited. Yeah, very cool. What about you, Craig? Um, we're just really excited, I think, for as as Deborah said, uh, a normal start, for lack of a better word, yeah. to, to the to the school year, um, and getting all those beginning of the year traditions and all those things. I mean, I didn't get here till October, but um, definitely looking forward to 
to the to the start, and we start on Thursday, September first. Okay. Very cool. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for sharing all the information. This will be very helpful, I'm sure, for everyone that's coming in and uh, you know, kind of just getting uh, introduced to the San Camino school system. Mm-hmm. Great. So appreciate you guys taking the time today. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. All right. And we will talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the Welcome to Camino Island podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And thanks again to our sponsor, Windermere Real Estate, Stanway and Camino Island, for sponsoring today's episode. If you have any questions about today's topics, or if you have topic suggestions for new podcasts, please email us at chamber at kamenoisland.org. As always, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. That's all for today, Islanders. See you next time.